Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, the show where Rachel Newman and myself, Daniel Fairman, sit down with leading founders, executives, and investors committed to building a healthier future for consumers. Today on Subscribing to Wellness, we are joined by founder and CEO of Simple, Ellis Freed. What started out as bite-sized balls in his college dorm room is now a functional snack company offering customers with enhanced snack bars made from superfoods and adaptogens. Ellis officially launched the brand this past year with four different SKUs, immunity, calm, energy, and focus. Ellis, welcome to the show. We're super pumped to be chatting with you today. For our listeners, could you tell us who you are and what Simple is? Yeah, so my name is Ellis. I founded Simple, which is a functional snack bar brand. We launched a line of adaptogen and vitamin-infused snack bars in October of 2021. So there's about four months in market now. And so basically, we have a line of energy, immunity, calm, and focused bars, each infused with its own functional blends and all just 100 calories and 4 to 5 grams of sugar. So what is the idea behind calling it Simple, just out of curiosity? Because my interpretation of the product is the overall function is quite simple, right? You have these four functions that you're really focused on, energy, focus, immunity, and calm. But I wouldn't call the ingredient profile that simple, right? Yeah. So for us, this idea of wellness and adaptogens and nootropics in this whole wellness world, especially in food, is actually quite complex. And so what we wanted to do is simplifying that process and the understanding of these ingredients as simple as possible for the consumer. So although what's going into the product is actually quite complex, we think the idea and the functionality of the product is actually quite simple for the customer. And so everything from ordering to customer service to even going function first with the naming of the product, uh, wanted that process as simple as possible for the customer, even though there's a lot going on in the back end. I think that lends also to the packaging. Your packaging really stands out on the shelf, D to C, from the consumer standpoint, in my opinion, just how simple it is. Like you have four colors representing the four different functions, and the bar is really just simple on the front with the color and what that function is. Was that, I'm assuming that was done on purpose? Yeah. So that hierarchy of information on the packaging was something we went back and forth for quite a lot, uh, quite some time. And I think if you look at ingredients like ashwagandha or reishi or maca, which are quite uh, familiar for maybe people who are in that space, for the mass consumer, these are sort of new ingredients that sometimes the, the function and use occasion for these ingredients aren't always so obvious. And so what we wanted to do is create these functional blends for specific times of day that people will know when to eat them. So instead of saying this is a cacao bar with ashwagandha, reishi, and maca, we call it a focused bar. And then people know, okay, I know, I don't necessarily know what these ingredients do. I don't necessarily know to take 100 milligrams of ashwagandha or whatever it is, but focus bar, I understand that. And so that was the whole thesis with even going back to the naming of simplifying that understanding of these ingredients for the consumer. I love that. It's so funny you say that. I feel like I have a cabinet full of adaptogen powders and I still don't know when I should use them. Like, do I put a teaspoon in my smoothie or do I put a teaspoon in my tea at night? Like, I honestly don't know. Yeah, and so we wanted to do a lot of that research on our own and then make it easy for for you and everyone else. And really part of our sort of mission behind the brand is bringing these sort of functional plant-based ingredients to the masses. And we thought that was the easiest way to do it, to strip down the barriers of educating around these ingredients. 
Yeah. I think what's interesting in the space is just like, I think RX bar kind of created this trend where trying to be extremely transparent about your ingredient profile, what's really going into the bar has trickled down into the entrepreneurship space. Obviously, RX bar now is huge and, and part of a bigger family of a strategic, but right, they were kind of the first people to be really blatant about like what really was in their bar. And then I think in a way, like obviously you guys are quite different because you're talking a bit more about function than just like pure actual ingredient. But like you guys are extremely transparent as well about what really is like the main ingredient profile within the bar on the front of the packaging. Yeah, and that was really like transparency 1.0 is just like, what are the ingredients actually in the bar? And I think as we go more toward this idea of function, whether it's in powders or beverages or snacks, I think there's a tendency to just throw in trendy ingredients to say you have them in there, but then not a lot of transparency behind how much of that ingredient is actually in the bar or in the product or where it's sourced from. And that's what we really wanted to cut through. And so on the front of our all of our packages, we sort of identify the, the amount of milligrams of each functional ingredient in each bar. So people know that is off the bat. They don't have to go through endless research to find out or guess how much ashwagandha or probiotics are in the bar. And that sort of transparency 2.0 for us lends into the functional aspect of really being transparent to our customers. I think in the next five, 10 years, these ingredients become sort of more and more mainstream. And like a product wouldn't say there's protein in the bar. They would say how much protein's in the bar. They wouldn't say there are there's fiber. They would say how much fiber is there. So like yeah. functional bars or functional drinks that maybe fiber first or protein first, we just happen to be a different function first. So it wouldn't make sense for us to not say how much of the ingredients actually in the since that's sort of our, our main value prop. I like that. Transparency 2.0. Cool. I'm wondering what made you start the company? So so where did it all come from? So it started actually in the kitchen out of the University of Michigan. So I was a junior at the time. I was um, an economics major, finishing up an internship at JP Morgan. And I played ice hockey my entire life. So like seven days a week since I was probably seven. And so I kind of lived off energy bars. And so when I was in school, I would take any energy bar off the shelf. And I was also getting back into club hockey, getting back into like a sort of a super healthy regimen after my maybe first two years of school. And I started sort of experimenting with superfood powders. It was a little bit before adaptogens came more into the space. Uh, but superfood powders, supplements, sort of taking them at different times of the day for different needs that, that I wanted. And it was sort of pretty confusing for me, especially as I wanted to take them more on the go of how much to take, when to take them, how to mix them into my foods in a convenient way. And so turned to basically the bar, I actually started in a bites format, but turned to like an everyday snack format where I was basically infusing these functional ingredients into product that I would make basically in my kitchen, selling them around campus, ended up winning about $50,000 in grants uh, from the Ross Business School before I graduated. And when it came time to decide what I was going to do full-time, either go back to JP Morgan in New York City or work on this sort of wellness bar product, decided to do that. And the Ross Business School actually invested the first hundred thousand dollars that I that I raised for me to do it full time. So, basically started there, and the company has been through a couple of different evolutions and iterations uh, to get to the point where it's at now. I love that so much. I also really commend you for you know following your passion. I think it's probably so easy you know to get lost in that college shuffle when everyone's going to awesome full-time jobs. And you're like, oh, I'm going to start this <laughs> entrepreneurial bar company. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't easy. But I think even like the, the little traction that we got from on like a local level and from like the university level 
at least give the confidence to do it and the resources to do it. I think a lot of times like you might want to start something, but it might not always be the right decision or the right decision at the time. I think the university allowed sort of me to take that step um, and forego a full-time job at the time too. Yeah. So I guess this is a, this is a tough question, but the bar category, as we all know, is so crowded and we go to the supermarket and wherever every convenience store and there's a gajillion options. Who's the simple bar for? And, and like, what are, you know, at the end of the day, you have these four functions, immunity, energy, calm, and focus. So there's, there's a point in time during the day where everyone can draw benefit from this, but who, who are these for and who are the people that are buying them right now? Yeah, so it's really created for health-conscious, active consumers who are looking for an elevated, better-for-you, lower-sugar alternative to everyday snack bars. So if you look at the major players, whether it's Cliff Bar or Kind Bar or, or Luna Bar or Laura Bar, maybe non-high-protein bars. And so we're really like a lower-sugar, healthier, more nutrient-dense alternative to those products. And then looking at the bar category, I mean, obviously it's $20 billion category. There are a ton of players, whether it's new or old, and there really hasn't been a ton of innovation in this category around newer functional plant-based ingredients. And so we really wanted to take what's worked really well in like beverages or powders and take that into the snack category. And I think the bar, if you're looking at the snack category as a whole, the bar category lends itself best to additional function. Obviously, protein and fiber were the first two functions to come into the bar space, and we're bringing that with adaptogens and nootropics. And so it also lends itself well to the DSC model. It's a product that we can sort of integrate into consumers' routine, whether it's the morning, afternoon, or nighttime. It's lightweight. It's easy to ship. It works well with our margins. So I think for us to spread that mission of bringing adaptogens, nootropics, and plant-based ingredients to more people, it was actually a great format for us to do so. And have you guys, from a channel mix perspective, basically stayed digitally native, or are you guys eager to like get into retail more aggressively, or what has been the channel strategy? To date, since we launched in October, it's almost been entirely direct to consumer through our website. We'll be launching with Amazon shortly, and starting to get into some specialty retailers. We just launched with Foxtrot Market nationwide, and like like hotels and juice bars and coffee shops. We're right now we're really looking at them as like revenue generating marketing platforms and partners for us and really wanting to build that routine for our customers online. In the bar category, especially with COVID, I think people are used to buying and discovering products, especially snacks online. Um, and that really gives us the best opportunity to connect with our consumer, find out what's working, what's not working, what they're loving about it, what we can iterate and improve on, improve that feedback cycle for us. So we're going to stay online at least for the first nine to 12 months we are talking with some larger grocery partners for perhaps like an end of year launch, but looking to build online for the for the short term. And have you had any surprising learnings about the customer by just having this rich uh, source of data by being a digitally native brand from launch? The biggest thing is SKU assortment or SKU preference. And we've found out that energy and immunity are our best sellers by almost two times. And I think for those two products, it's I think there's a clear use occasion and benefit that consumers are attaching to. Energy, you kind of always know when you need maybe more caffeine or an energy boost. Immunity, especially with COVID in the winter time, 
I think is a great time for people to improve their vitamin C and elderberry and different sort of immune boosting ingredients. So between that and sort of why they're choosing simple, whether it's function or flavor or calories or sugar, we find that like function and calories are the top two biggest selling, selling attributes for us. They love that it's 100 calories. It can fit in your pocket. It's easy to take on the go. And the function, people really feel it. We've gotten even on our website from our reviews that people are saying, I took the energy bar and I felt a difference or I took the calm bar at night and really felt calmer and less stressed. It's like that's the biggest thing that we want to continue iterating to our customers that like we're not just drizzling ingredients in there to say it's in there. Like these products actually work and we're getting that feedback from the customers. Very interesting. I think... Uh... Yeah, it's nice to see uh, more clean energy options outside of the the typical energy drink that we all were consuming on a regular basis years ago. And I think to your point, there's been an abundance, right, of protein options. But I think to see kind of the function expanding beyond protein is isn't a really is a really exciting time for the bar space in general. Yeah, and I think adaptogens and nootropics and all of these functional ingredients are following a similar trend as protein did maybe 20 years ago starting in powder format, eventually getting to beverages and like the muscle milks, and then getting to protein bars. So I think we're following a similar trajectory, probably a bit more sped up just because of the times we're in. But following the same trajectory that I think snack bars are that next sort of vehicle for these ingredients. So I know it's only been, you know, like four to five months of since the company launched, but I'm sure you are thinking beyond, you know, these four SKUs and what else is going to be the company of Simple. So without telling our listeners too much or whatever you want to share or not share, what is like the rest of the brand look like and what's coming next in the pipeline? Yeah. So for the shorter term, we're looking to build out our bars really from different functions from morning to night. So right now we have four products and four different times of day or use occasions. We'll likely build it out between six and eight and really have specific times, six or eight specific times that our bars can fill that need for, and also different flavors. So right now we're super focused on building out our bars, new functions, new flavors, and eventually we're really creating a platform for functional, low-sugar, plant-based food and beverage products that also are are appeal to a a D2C-first sort of format. Do you see yourself going beyond the bar category? Yeah, the goal is to build that platform. Right now, it's focused on building the bars and sort of having that hero product for us. So I don't know when that is, but definitely lending ourselves to build the platform to expand at some point. Do you ever see yourself having more than one flavor in each function? So that, that's been actually a big learning for us also early on is like what function people are gravitating most toward. And then obviously we do have four different bars that have four different flavors and functions. So that sometimes someone is like, I want, I need caffeine every morning and want this bar, but I don't like chocolate and I like berry instead. And so for us, that's like, in addition to what we're seeing from people's like flavor standpoint, it's like, what function do they like the best? And then maybe we can craft additional flavors around those function. If energy and immunity, it's not just because of the flavor, but it's actually more because of the function. People are looking for immune boost and energy boost. Okay, now we found maybe our top two or three best-selling functions, and now we can create a different additional flavors around that. So it, it, good question, because it's something we're evaluating now, especially we're getting some at least a couple months of early data to expand that portfolio. Awesome. I think we'll move 
to our next section of the podcast. We call it rapid fire. Just a few questions to get to know Ellis a little better. So I'll start it off. What is your favorite restaurant in New York City? Uh, Lartuzzi. Great answer. And it's right there for you. It's right in your backyard. Yep. Guilty pleasure. Coffee shop pastries. Nice. You have a specific one? There's this like little coffee shop right around the corner in the West Village that I would say every weekend or maybe not every weekend, but most try to get at least one sort of almond croissant from there, which is amazing. Do you have do you have the hookup by the way to get into Laratuzzi with a reservation or you just gotta do it in advance? I'll just like walk there and just like at any random times of the day when like no one's there, they're just opening up and say, usually say it's an occasion because that's typically the only thing they'll, they'll lend themselves to. Uh, But I'll just walk over there maybe twice in a day if I have to. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that place is tough sometimes. Favorite football team. Detroit Lions, unfortunately. Oof. Tough. (laughs) Dream destination. So I haven't been in a couple years. I would still say it's Tel Aviv because it's been about four years now, even though I've been. But a new place would probably be London. Nice. Favorite CPG product outside of Simple, of course. Cometeer Coffee, as of recent. Interesting. So you, I'm about, so I'm a big fan of the concentrates where you can just like take like a teaspoon of a concentrate and mix it with whatever you want. I really like the ease of use and like the diversification um, of what it can be used for. And then Cometeer came out right with this like ice cube infuser. So you've ordered it, you're converted. Like what's so great about it? So I initially during the pandemic started making coffee at my apartment, which I never did before, just like a normal coffee maker. And then I actually tried one of the concentrate brands first. And I actually like didn't love it. Okay. Primarily because I would have to have so much milk with it to That's have like true. a decent size drinking serving. And yeah. so it would be like 99% milk and like 1% concentrate. So yeah. I was getting the right caffeine. It was just like a lot of milk. And I do enjoy the process of drinking coffee, like the that, like ritual aspect. And so commentary like sort of made it easy. And also I think it is good tasting coffee. And they partner with a coffee shop nearby, a Joe Coffee, which I thought was really good. I've been taking on the go, which obviously is sort of a, a good value prop for them. But and the ease of use and, and convenience of it is uh, is special. That's still the one I haven't. I've tried Jot. I love Javi, both concentrates, and yeah, I definitely want to try Cometeer. My thing was trying to mix it with like a bit more water each time and a little less milk, and it worked for me. But I can understand like if you're just going to mix it with milk, it does require a lot of milk. Yeah, I, I actually haven't thought about mixing water with the concentrate. That's typically what I do, and then you just. Add like a little like dash of milk on top and and a little sweetener if you're in that world and it it's pretty good. That makes way more sense because I had about almost a full glass of milk yeah, in no. this like little glass. I'm, I'm like I'm just drinking a glass of milk at this point. So we like to ask all of our guests how they like to subscribe to wellness and what that means to you. So how does what does that mean to you, Ellis? For me, it would be making like daily. I think conscious decisions that are good for my long-term, but also not insufferable or unenjoyable in the short-term. So I think it's like little daily upgrades that I can do that knowing that I'm 26, want to live for another 75 years, that if I can integrate these habits in an enjoyable way, I can continue them. So whether it's like swapping dairy milk and yogurt for non-dairy milk or doing like a different Peloton workout every morning or lower carb cereal in the morning and healthier pasta at night or whatever it is, 
to having those daily upgrades that I can sustain for the long term, but also that I that I enjoy today. I like that because it's achievable, right? To do one or two things a day as as opposed to being perfect all the time. So I think it's quite relatable. On that note, last question that I have to ask you, I know we're not in rapid fire anymore. Favorite Peloton instructor? <laughs> Ali Love, I would say, is, is probably the best one right now. Love it. Ooh. Ali Love. Ali Ooh. What's, what's yours? Ooh, I'm, I'm a big Alex Trussant fan. I also have been enjoying Tunde classes quite a bit. I, I, I actually, I started re- recently, like in the past week, doing some of her classes. She's actually really good too. She's good. Say this is about a week old. She has, she has some good hit in hills. I'm a big Matt Wilpers fan. Ooh, Matt Wilpers power zone? Yeah. I've never taken it. He's insane. I'm sorry. He's like a crazy human. I used to do some of the runs and I would be like, like this guy is just out of it. <laughs> he's he's great. He's gem. So where okay. can our listeners learn more about Simple? So you can go to our website, LiveSimple, L-I-V-E-S-M-P-L.com or on Instagram at LiveSimple. Great. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ellis. Rachel and Daniel, thank you guys. Bye. Thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. Feel free to rate, review, and share the podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Wellness. If you'd like to sponsor us, please see the supporter link in our podcast bio. We hope everyone has a great rest of week filled with wellness, and we'll see you next time.